Hello, Common Ground, as well as anyone else joining us from wherever you are in the city of Cape Town. It's my privilege today to be preaching the second installment in our Advent series as we make our way toward Christmas called Gift. My name is Luke, and I'm really excited to be a part of uh, worshiping Christ with you this day. I wonder if you know, before we start, a little bit of trivia. I wonder if you know, who were the first people to hear the news of Christ's birth? Who were the first people? Maybe cast your mind back with me to, for some of us, um, admittedly probably myself, uh, to a traumatic childhood experience, the nativity play, right? I mean, if you were the kind of future prom queen heading towards that moment, right, you were probably Mary. Uh, maybe you were the next in line to be head boy, and they could discern that at all of six years old. You were probably Joseph. Your little crew of future prefects, future prefects, yes, all the brains in line there, they were the wise men. But if you were like me, you got the leftover job, right? You were one of the shepherds. Admittedly, there was a year I didn't even make the cut for the shepherds. I was a tree. I didn't even know if that trees were part of the nativity scene in, in back then in Bethlehem, but they made a space for me as a tree. I didn't even make the cut of the shepherds. Today, we're going to focus in on the shepherds. Who were they? Why did God include them? What's going on with these shepherds? I wonder if you wouldn't mind turning with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 2. We'll start reading from verse 4, but we're going to focus in uh, from verse 8 together as we look at the shepherds today. Uh, here we go. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him on a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now we'll look at scriptures like that as we make our way closer towards Christmas. Today is where I want to hone in on this scripture as we read together here. Verse 8, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Stop with me for a second before we read these familiar words. Can you imagine the shepherds were out in the field? It's dark. They're keeping watch over their flock in the night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord. What does that look like? What does it look like in your imagination? The glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. We've got to imagine these scenes. I hope you, when you read your Bible, you, you, especially these narrative sections, you can see them in your mind's eye. God's given us imagination so that these stories can come alive as we get sucked in and swept in. Let's read together from verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. It's a profound statement. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, a multitude of angels that were there praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I mean, what an incredible scene. The shepherds are alone in the wilderness. It's dark. I mean, I'm talking Karoo dark. 
You can hear the silence other than a few sheep murmuring in the night. Just a couple of mates sitting sitting around the fire as they always did. And suddenly... An angel appears. The the, the heavens, the skies are transformed into a heavenly amphitheater. I don't know how long this performance lasted, but this chorus of angels giving sound, uh, making come alive to them the birth of the announcement, the announcement of the birth of Jesus to, to wait for it, a handful of shepherds of all people. We read from verse 15 together. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, The shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. They they didn't wait around. They didn't uh, first phone and check if this is okay. They just dropped their stuff and they went and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. I love their response. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. People were maybe a little bit skeptical about what these guys in the fields had said. Uh, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. I think it's such a great posture just to stop for a second. It's Advent. What an incredible posture to come to Christmas as we would be those who would treasure the news of Christ in our hearts and ponder what they mean for our lives. We can learn much from Mary in just that one verse. Verse 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we as we're part of this Advent journey towards Christmas Day where we celebrate Christ's coming, as we open your word, we ask that you would speak to us today. I pray, God, in every home, in every small gathering, Lord, would you speak to us today, speak to us of what it is that you were doing that day when you announced this news to the shepherds. Speak to those of us who've known you for decades. Speak to those of us who wonder what it would like to know you personally. Come today, we pray, Lord. Amen. Okay, so we're ready to dive right in. My first point today is Christ is the gift that takes special care to include the lowly. I mean, I just love the way the gospel almost stops. It draws a line and it pauses for a second and it just focuses in on this group of shepherds. We read in verse eight, and in the same region, there were shepherds. It's like the Christ is being born, the adventure towards Bethlehem is taking place and then stop and let's focus in. There were some shepherds out in a field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. It's, it's staggering that a group of shepherds would be grafted into the story. I mean, what's the deal with shepherds? Why shepherds? I was reflecting and reading and researching a little bit in preparation for this. I think one of the reasons is that shepherding sheep has always been kind of an occupation close to the heart of God. When you read the Old Testament, numerous times God himself identifies himself as a shepherd over his people. You read the Gospels, Jesus speaks of himself as the great shepherd. I am the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice, Jesus says. 
I wonder though too, and some commentators point this out, it's worth noting that being a shepherd is a fairly isolating profession, right? You spend a lot of time on your own, away from your family, out in the wilderness, while everyone else is at home at the homestead going about normal work, you are out away in the fields for long times and long periods while everyone else makes the annual trips and well, the, the few times a year trips to Jerusalem for the feasts and the festivals and the sacrifices that were to be made, these guys would stay behind in the fields giving watch and care to the sheep. I wonder if we were to think of some modern day parallels today, uh, you'd think maybe of shift workers, people with different hours. I think of security guards who while all of us are tucked away in our beds, these guys clock on at night shift and they watch over the properties and the offices and the vehicles and the things of value to so many of us. They're secure because of these guys watching over them. I think of the night nurses and the medical staff who when everyone else switches off and goes home, they switch on and come and oversee the sick and the vulnerable in times of need. I think of the cleaners in, in, the, in our malls and our offices who, who, who when we go away and we go off to our homes, they switch on and they come and make sure the malls, the places we live and we work and we play are clean and safe for us to be. I remember there was a time in my life, believe it or not, a long time ago, I was a professional lifeguard and I used to earn money over school holidays working as a lifeguard and I remember Christmas every year. My family would have this amazing celebration and they'd all gather but from seven o'clock, sometimes sitting in the pouring rain, there were we as lifeguards on the beach. I know it sounds glamorous. It's not always glamorous, I promise you. And we'd miss out on all the festivities and we'd hear all the stories of what went down on Christmas while we were away making sure others were safe. I think this is something of what it means to be a shepherd. Maybe this year in 2020, because COVID is on the rise again, the shepherds in our culture are the medical staff. Men and women who've selflessly served our city through this pandemic, whilst many of us are getting a breather and a break of sorts, as we see the stats of more and more infections and COVID being on the rise, they face the prospect of long calls and sick patients as they man the base and make sure that there's safety to those who are most vulnerable in this moment in our society. Maybe they are the shepherds this season. I'd love to end our meeting by praying for them uh, as well. Let's read on together in verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you a child is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude of the heavenly host, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom God is pleased. You know what I love about this section here? Is that I love how God came to them while they were on the job, while they were at work. God came to them at work. I mean, this was a perfectly ordinary, mundane, normal day, just like any others. The shepherds got up and went to work that day and they were clocking off just around the fire, maybe like they always did. And it's in the midst of that, that God meets them there. God went and sought them out through the angel. Often in our culture, we create this divide between sacred and secular, you know? And here, God totally obliterates that by getting hold of the shepherds in their workplace. It was the most incredible opportunity for them to experience Christ, and he met them at work. 
It's a helpful reminder that God doesn't distinguish the same way that we do between sacred and secular, but he wants to be involved in all and every aspect of our lives. It's helpful too to point out here that God's love does not discriminate on the basis of class or wealth or social standing. These guys were the shepherds. He doesn't respect kings and princes more than hourly laborers. He does not value priests and pastors more than those of us who sit in the pews. Let's not miss that God chose shepherds today to be the first to hear the incredible news of Christ. And he invited them to come and to see and to be with him. Everyone is on equal ground before God. In fact, it was the most lowly who had nothing in their hands, who were able to respond easily to the gift of Christ coming to them. And it's worth pointing out to us today that God's kingdom takes special care to include the lowly, the ones in society who were often overlooked, those who were often on the fringes, those who were left behind. God chooses to include them in the coming of Christ. I suppose the corresponding question we need to ask ourselves Today is this, how are you taking special care to include the lowly, the overlooked, the ones on the periphery and the edges of your life and of your Christmas? I know it's COVID and we've got to, we can't do it the way we normally would, but we are those as Christ followers in, in being like our God who, who are those who look to include those who would otherwise be isolated. We look to include those who would often be overlooked. That's what it means in Christmas to celebrate and to live in the ways of Christ. Let's keep going. My second point today, and by the way, I only have three. This is the second one. That was the longest as well if you were getting nervous. The second point I want to make today is Christ is the gift that gives even in trying circumstances. Christ is the gift that gives even in trying circumstances. I mean, let's not miss the big picture here. These are very, very ordinary people. Mary's a young girl. She's no beauty queen with paparazzi following her around, waiting for the next celebrity baby to be born, right? Joseph was a bricklayer, a stonemason type carpenter who's forced unjustly to take his family, his, 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 his wife who's about to you know, pop along this journey to Bethlehem. All of this is happening in trying circumstances. Israel is an oppressed people. Life was unjust. Conditions were unfair. Mary is nine months pregnant in her third trimester. We know it's not good to travel. And yet they're forced to make this journey, this arduous journey, and then forced to deliver the baby in a barn filled with livestock. Yet God's kingdom is advancing. God's plans are progressing, even in circumstances that are exceptionally trying. Even when it's COVID, even when money is tight, even when you think something is unfair, even when you hoped it would go another way, even when your plans don't seem to be going the way you hoped they would go, God's plans still prevail and God's kingdom is still progressing even when it's difficult, even when it's in under the radar ways when we don't see what's happening, when the world is getting on with their lives, little by little, the kingdom of God is advancing and it doesn't always look the way that we think it would look. I mean, on the surface, he's a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Oh, but if you look a little bit deeper, the future of the whole world is being undeniably impacted in the most profound way it will ever be in history. 
God is at work in subtle ways, often in lowly places, in ways we do not expect. The kingdom of God is always advancing. God is always at work. Helpful for us, I suppose, as many of us are facing a Christmas that will look a little bit different. 2020 is no ordinary year. Maybe Christmas in some ways is smaller than before. Maybe it's hard to feel excited about Christmas this year. Maybe like the shepherds, because of COVID and lockdown, you're forced to work longer than you normally would and you're gonna miss out on some of the holidays that other people are having. Maybe, Maybe you can't be with the people you love because either they or you are at risk with comorbidities and so you're cut off relationally from those you wish you could be with. I want you to see here that just like the first Christmas, even in trying circumstances, God meets us where we are. And his invitation to you and to me is the same, to come and to see and to know Christ. God's kingdom advances even in trying circumstances. And so the corresponding question to us to ask today as Christ followers, how are you advancing God's kingdom even at Christmas time? How are you advancing the kingdom? It does feel like COVID has put us on the back foot, doesn't it? COVID fatigue, I get it. It feels like there's a smallness that's descended upon all of us in the world. We've been shrunk down into self-preservation mode. As common grounders, I wanna remind us though that we are those who are called by God to bring his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. That yes, there's a place to rest up. Yes, there's a place to recover. The Bible is full of stories and instances where God meets tired and needy followers who are in need of revitalizing and re-energizing and all of the replenishing words that we need. And God meets us and he tends to our souls and he shores us up again in order that we can get on with the work that he's called us to do. In a world that is shrinking down into self-preservation, common ground is we are those who are living to advance God's kingdom, even in COVID, especially in COVID. We are those who are living to, to, to further the mission of God in the city of Cape Town or wherever you are. Yes, there's much we can't control, but as far as it's up to us, let's be those who are advancing God's kingdom. Let's not in this season shrink back from being the light, from reaching out as we saw earlier in the year. We are citizens of heaven deployed here by God on earth to represent him. We are not those who retreat into the smallness of self-preservation. We are those who are seeking to further the mission of God, even in trying circumstances. Christ follower, common grounder, how are you doing here? What does it look like to put the advancing of God's kingdom at the center of your Christmas as well? We are those who are not on the back foot in this season. We are those invited to join God who is still on mission, even in this moment in history. Let's carry on and read verse 15 together. What happens next? And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, I love that, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Lastly today, my third point, Christ is the gift 
that desires to be found. Christ is the gift that desires to be found. The angels went and told the shepherds where to go, where to look, how to find Jesus. God went out of his way to give them directions. Why? Because he wanted Christ found by them. It's God's desire that Jesus be found. And it's clear in the scriptures that when we hunt for him, when we search for him, when we go looking for Christ with all of our heart, we we will find him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says exactly that. He says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. To those who seek Christ with all your heart, you will find him because Christ wants to be found. The invitation from Christ comes to us all that we will find Jesus, but where he invites us to look. When we look with worldly wisdom amongst the elite in the wealthiest, elitist places, even on the basis of our own efforts and our own self-righteous activities, we won't find Christ. We find him where he is inviting us to look. And there's only one way to God. It's through Christ. It's through Jesus' efforts alone that we can be saved. The shepherds were there for no other reason other than Christ's gracious invitation to bring them there in order that they would respond and come along. There's no merit. There's no skill. There's no biological attribute that makes us more acceptable to God. We are all equally in need of a savior. As we like to say in common ground, the ground is level at the foot of the cross for all all of us and God's invitation is still the same to come and to see to come and to know God and Jesus showed this this in his life as well didn't he if you think of who Christ was he chose to make himself known to the least likely people of society to the overlooked he was a friend with sinners we read he he spent time with the prostitutes and those on the outskirts with tax collectors Jesus himself said I came to save sinners Jesus is the savior of all people equally and he doesn't give preference to any group of people or class of people. He doesn't discriminate on the basis of wealth or intelligence or education or or profession as we see in this story or political power or social standing, all of the qualities with which we judge in our modern culture. Christ does not distinguish on the basis of his love is indiscriminately shared with anyone who will rethink their life in light of Christ, who will believe and trust him as a savior. Some beautiful lessons in the life of a group of ordinary shepherds who one day were going about their nine to five. Well, theirs wasn't quite nine to five and God interrupted them in grace. What does this all mean for our lives I'd love to land by speaking to two types of people for a second. The first type of person um, would be those in the story who identify with the shepherds uh, for various reasons, either because you're looking uh, at this season uh, that's coming and you're knowing that you're going to have to be at work grafting while so many others are enjoying holiday and there's a sense in which you feel, you know, at a miss because of that. Or because you identify with their social isolation. Maybe you're not able to be around those you'd normally be around in the season. You're cut off from some of your loved ones because of the risk of COVID and needing to self-isolate. Maybe like the shepherds in the fields, as you look at the villages in the distance, and there is life and there's music and there's light going on. You saw the homes 
and you hear what everyone else is doing, and you wish you could be a part of it, but for some reason find yourself on the outside, missing out. Maybe like the shepherds, you feel like you're on the outskirts. I mean, it's amazing when you're on the outskirts, the things that our brains will say to us. But you could hear that subtle voice saying that maybe God doesn't really care about me. Maybe God wouldn't care about someone like me. I mean, what, what a lot of nonsense when we see the way God moves towards the shepherds, just like the shepherds today. If you identify with them, God is inviting you to come to him this Christmas, this Advent season. The greatest gift of all is on offer to you because of what Christ has accomplished through Christmas and Easter. He, he's brought redemption to all who call on his name. And his invitation has never changed. Come and see me. Come and see what I've done. Come and know me. Come and be with me. He sees you this Christmas and he invites you in to know him. There is no hierarchy at the foot of the cross with Jesus. Respond to his invitation by grace to come in because he welcomes all who seek him. But maybe you today don't identify with the shepherds. What if you identify with the social or the religious elite, the gifted and the accomplished? Well, then I want to call you today to learn from the shepherds to recognize that in God's sight, you're on the same level as everyone else. That, that, that you need to ask God to purify your heart, to give you eyes to see yourself the way he sees us, and to grant you true humility in the season. You, you need to understand today that you are not accepted on the basis of anything you've done, but you're accepted on the same basis as everyone else in light of the person and life of Jesus not because of anything you've done, not because of anything you are, but only because of the life and the sacrifice of Christ, that he gave his life and he suffered the penalty of death for you in order that you could have eternal life and know God and receive forgiveness from him. And so for you, it's to humble yourself before God and see others in a renewed light as well. I'd love to lead us in prayer as we land today. Just as you sit there in your home, in your lounge, in your room, invite God to come and be with you. This is, I'm gonna lead us in prayer, but this is business time with Christ. Father, for some of us today, as we hear this message, we hear your invitation and faith has come to our hearts. Something has spoken to us. We, like the shepherds, want to be invited in, want to come in to see you this Christmas and to know you. If that's you today, I'd love to lead you through a prayer. Maybe this is the first time you're responding to an invitation of Jesus. Maybe you've gone walkabouts and this is your way back to Christ after a season of going your own way. I'd love to lead you through a prayer. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much that just like you offered the shepherds a gracious invitation to come and to be with you, you offer that to me now. And I want to say yes to your invitation, Christ. Thank you that you accept me in spite of who I am and in spite of what I've done. Uh, what I've done. It's on the basis of who you are and what you have done. And I receive your grace today. Christ, I want to know you more. Christ, will you forgive me when I've put all my, my eggs in my basket of self-righteousness? 
either qualifying myself or disqualifying myself, Jesus. Today, I believe that you qualify me by your grace, the same way you qualified those shepherds in that field, by graciously drawing them in. Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. I want to know you. Come and be my savior today, Christ. And then I want to pray for those of us who identify with the shepherds. Christ, for those of us who feel isolated this season, alone, on the outskirts, disappointed at the prospect of Christmas. Jesus, will you show us today that you invite us, you interrupt our lives in the best possible way, even while we're having to work extra, even while circumstances are trying, you, Christ, invade our lives in the best possible way. And so Jesus, will you come and invade my Christmas? God, forgive me where I've, um, I've put other things as the main the main thing in Christmas. Jesus, right now, freshly, I want to make the main thing, the main thing Christmas of Christmas. It's you, Christ. Come and, I want to be like Mary and to treasure you and ponder these things in my heart this season, Jesus. I receive the greatest gift of all. It's knowing you and seeing you this season. And so, Christ, will you put yourself at the center of this Advent season for me? Lead me as I choose to Take disciplined action towards making that real, Lord. Whether it be carving our time to reflect, signing up to the Advent link every day to spend some time thinking on Christ. But Christ, my prayer is that you would be the center of my Christmas and that I would not miss you in the midst of all the other things that are happening in this season. And then lastly, why don't we pray together for those who are extra miling at this season, those who are on the clock, those who are serving, the, the, those who are most vulnerable. Let's pray for our medical staff and city officials. God, we ask that you would bless them with the gift of Christ this Christmas as well, God. You would interrupt their lives with blessings, just like you did these shepherds. We lift them up, God. We pray for grace to them. We pray for support for them. We pray for encouragement to them, Jesus. We pray that you would supply all that they need to serve you and to love us to the best of their ability, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that in your word, you are a source, not a distant, aloof God, but you are a living power, a dynamic force that strengthens us. And will you do that for them, God? We lift up to you every nurse, every porter, every cleaner, every doctor, everyone who is extra miling it to keep us safe this Christmas time, Christ. Will you bless them? Will you be near to them? And will you reveal yourself to them this Christmas? We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.